City Field. Anyway. No, no, no. Continue. No, uh, like I was just because I have the Mets Pirates game on in the background right now, mm-hmm. and City Field, like there was a home run that was just hit, but it looked like it hit the wall, and it's because hmm. they have that like facade or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just so annoying. The, the Mar- guy, Marlins Park is like that too. It's weird. The outfielder had his glove above the wall, and it technically hit his glove against the facade above the the wall. Right. So does that still count as a home run if it hit his glove? And then bounce back into play? Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What up? Watch Rob Cobbs and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing on this gloomy Sunday afternoon? I'm ready to take a goddamn nap. I hear that. (laughs) It's It's Sunday. It's cloudy. It's nap weather. It is. What is Uh, this? Mid-July and it's cloudy and rainy and cold. Yeah, I mean... That can happen sometimes with Chicago summers, so. Bullshit. Yeah. I did not sign up for this. <laughs> I've yep. said for nine years straight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds like if you want, like, picturesque weather, maybe you need to go somewhere a little more tropical. I'm thinking Hawaii. Weird you say that because this week we watched Mike and Dave need wedding dates, which is set partially in hawaii oh look at that look at that segue that was better that segue that was better written and executed than most of this goddamn movie that is foreshadowing for how this review is gonna go but before we uh you know do all that let's go into the stats of the film so Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates is a 2016 American romantic comedy film directed by Jake Zamansky and written by Andrew J. Cohen and Brendan O'Brien. The film stars Zac Efron and Adam Devine as the title characters who put out an ad for dates to their sister's wedding and features Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza as the girls who answer the ad. The film is based on a real Craigslist ad placed by two brothers who wanted dates for their cousin's wedding That became popular in February of 2013, which they then turned into a book, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, and A Thousand Cocktails. This was a book? Yeah, a book based on an actual thing that happened. Oh my god. Uh, The movie came out July 8th of 2016, so... You know, hey, we're watching it right around when it came out, so that's why we watched it. Yeah, exactly. To signify its fifth anniversary. Um, 
The budget of the film is set to, it says between 33 and 35 million. Okay. How much did it make in the box office? Uh, let's see. Well, Zach Efron was pretty popular in 2016, so I'm guessing it had a significant draw. I don't know. 50 million? It made 77.1 million. Wow. Yeah. That's I a lot more than I'm I thought su- it would. I'm surprised by how you know <laughs> basically how meh that is. <laughs> I would have thought it would have been real bad, but it was just meh. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a good point. Yeah. And then uh, what is its score on Rotten Tomatoes off of 172 reviews? Mm, 46%. 38%. Yeah, that's more deserving. I don't know how that's still higher than the wedding date. 11%! How? How is this 27% better than the wedding date? This is like... This is like 2.0 of the wedding date, except it's the sophomore slump. It's like they just copy the wedding date and double it. <laughs> the critics' consensus, uh, Mike and Dave need wedding dates, benefits from the screwball premise and the efforts of a game cast, even if the sporadically hilarious results don't quite live up to either. Generous. Um, let's see. So, uh, there's a, I guess a blog or a podcast or something called movie bitches. (laughs) And they somehow have two reviews on this. That's awesome. Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) That's fucking awesome. Both of them from May of 2020, and both of them with a fresh rating. Avril Halley wrote, it was really funny, period. Andrew Galdi of Movie Bitches wrote, it was a fun, comma, stupid time, period. (laughs) (laughs) So two of the fresh ratings, again, it's a 38%. Were those from the quote unquote movie bitches? <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Kate Roger of News Hub in New Zealand uh, wrote a bad review <laughs> saying, Even the usually reliable end credits blooper reel couldn't bring me any comedy sol- solace. And Dude. gave it a 0. 0.5 out of 5. Huh. That's a good score. <laughs> this is considered a fresh rating because it was a C grade <laughs> uh, from Ryan Syrek of The Reader in Omaha. And it's, <laughs> and quote, honestly, if Mike and Dave need wedding dates had less of Mike and Dave, it may have been more than passable. That's actually, yes. See, that's, uh, finally, that's actually very cynical but constructive criticism like 
That's very true. There were some okay elements to it, but the two main characters were garbage. Yeah. And then uh, two last reviews, both of them bad because this movie's bad. Uh, Doug Jameson of The Jam Report wrote, uh, gave it a one out of five and wrote a relentless parade of raucous gags, each attempting to up the stakes in shock value, but each falling completely flat and winding up mercifully unfunny. Um, and yeah. Ren- Rendy Jones of Rendy Reviews wrote, Mike and Dave need wedding dates also needs a lot of other things, such as a better screenplay, better jokes, better editing, and a better movie. He also gave it one out of five. Hmm. So, um, yeah, Max, do yes. you know what month it is? It is, if I remember correctly, the month of July. All right, cool. And then, you know, in July, we do wedding movies. And in August, yes, we do our shit list, which is where yes. we review the worst rom-coms. That we could possibly find. Yes. Did you think that we had gotten in our DeLorean and moved a month ahead? I may have. I may have overstepped on that. Yes, I, I may have. <laughs> I may have jumped ahead a few weeks. I apologize. <laughs> I, oh, uh, I, you know, oh, I, I'm still trying to keep track of time a little bit, and yeah, for a second there, I thought it was August. <laughs> I really should have fucking saved this for the segue between wedding season and shitless month. That would have been perfect. Yeah. This really would have worked there. Um, You know, I I get why there's been a lot less Adam Devine on my screen over the last few years. Yeah. They really gave us a lot of him. They really (laughs) did. They gave us a lot of him between 2016 and 2018. They, uh, everyone thought that was the thing in comedy for a good two to three years. Yeah, I remember him a shit ton in Modern Family, in yeah. a bunch of movies, in Workaholics. Um, I have a pimple inside my nose right here. Right now. <laughs> uh, I, I say that. Because it's more interesting than this movie. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's just, and it was, for me, like, I think I saw this. You've never seen this before, right? No. I think I saw this when it first came out. I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I saw it, like, when it first came out on DVD. And I was probably, like, free on Netflix. And I don't remember anything about it. Thank God. And... I already forgot where I was going with that. That's how fucking boring this thing was. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, oh, I was saying for 2016, it's it's like I can see where my brain was at in 2016 versus now. And I'm like, yeah, that was a very small window of time where this movie may have been funny. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me. 
it's things like the jokes. Um, I mean, there's so I with comedy and with jokes for me, I feel like it, like misdirection and a punchline that you don't see coming is the key to making a joke good. And that's what makes yeah. it. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. That's what, you know, that that's, that's all it is. And so with this film, all of the jokes were just obvious. They're the setup. Like you could see the setup and the punchline coming from a mile away. The times that I laughed were when the punchline was accurate and yet unexpected. So I think of yeah when they talk about push pop and how and like and then yeah. they're like you know hand up a book that's a push pop it's like oh that obviously they were gonna say what a push pop is at some point yeah it wasn't a thing and like and also it just came out of nowhere and like they're yelling about push pops and I mean we commented like wow they really tried to make that joke happen huh yep neither of us are laughing. But then immediately after that, there's the whole scene he has with Terry where he tells Terry that she looks like Don Johnson fucks Zach Morris. <laughs> and that punchline <laughs> came out of nowhere and was accurate. And I laughed my ass off. That's maybe one of the best jokes in the movie <laughs> because it was so good. That was so pretty good. It's just like that's all they had to do. Like was just come up with little jokes like that. Yeah, that's, all, that's it. And instead, they basically had like an i a, a general outline of a plot, and then they just told everyone, "All right, improv and uh, be funny on screen." And yeah, that, that did kind of seem like improv, didn't it? But well, that's the whole thing. They they basically asked these people to be funny, and they just took like the broadest takes of the film. And it's just like, I'm sure that that Don Johnson fuck Zach Morris was probably an improv joke as well, but they actually took that take and put it in the movie. And it's just like, oh, there are God. probably other jokes that could have been, you know, chosen and are probably better, or at least, you know, along that, the same lines of not like, not obvious that they just didn't choose and they chose, you know, the broad jokes that everyone would get because everyone could see them coming. Yeah. I mean, I guess they should have cast different people too, because I don't see any of those care or any of those actors being able to deliver like a well-written movie either. Like even if they'd actually spent time developing good jokes and writing and everything and like, getting it all written, I don't see any of those guys actually executing the delivery. Adam Devine can... He... He could do certain things. He, he could basically... He could play Adam Devine. Like, yeah. And so, if you need an Adam Devine type, like, this, this character was, you know, up his alley. Like, and everything else. It's just an hour and a half of that is a lot. Um, you know, with Zach Efron, he pretty much could play Zach Efron. Like, 
really hot dude who you know has there's some there's more to him but then when you ask for that something more he can't give it to you because there actually is nothing more to (laughs) um but he wants to yeah and then aubrey plaza and anna kendrick both have capabilities to give more but they were they were written by men um and we all know what happens when men write female characters yeah quite fully developed and then in this case they went against type and they're like what if these girls were dirtbags you know what if they did shit like and so then you could just tell like aubrey plaza was like oh i'm gonna make a meal of this like i get to be raunchy and dirty right and the same thing with anna kendrick where it's like i play serious people all the time and like and i was just the voice of trolls now i get to like you know make a bunch of dick jokes and everything else like of course i'm gonna you know do and like do ecstasy with horses of course i'm just gonna turn into the skid here (laughs) thank god thank god kids cannot hear like pick up on voices and associate them with faces yet yeah at that age because like you realize how scarring that would be. <laughs> she really can't stop the feeling. Uh, <laughs> it's just so. Yeah, they they are capable of better performances, but they just chose not to provide it. <laughs> yeah. The the. They they chose to perform down to the level of the writing as opposed to elevating it, which it sounds like there wasn't even much of. Like it, a lot of it was probably just exactly improv. God. That's what I mean. They had the chance to elevate it. And yeah, they, yeah. Um. So, well, know. like I said, I think it's. I think at one time. Maybe it was the time that we were in collectively in 2016, or maybe it was just where I was in life in 2016. But I can remember back then this movie being mildly funny. And now looking back like five years later, I'm just like, God, this really had such a tiny window. I mean, like, it's not, it's, it's very, I don't know. It's just, it's like farting jokes level of humor. Most of the time I felt like, you know? Yeah. Which even like kid version of me didn't find that funny. (laughs) Yeah. And also the romance quote unquote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into that since that's what this podcast is actually supposed to be about. What the fuck? Where, like, what are we, what is a, so special about any of the relationships happening on screen during this movie that we should give a fuck about? Uh, well, you know what? What's special is that Dave draws alcohol. <laughs> and out. <laughs> Get the Alice. fuck out of here with that bullshit. You think you're Alice. this creative type now with problems? Alice isn't really impressed with his drawings, though. She objectively thinks they're fantastic. And she came up with a character to add to these drawings, okay? 
And so through that, they are now in love. That's a really dependent relationship beginning. That's a dumb fucking relationship beginning. It's a dumb fucking idea. (laughs) All of it. All of it. Writing that for a film. The fact that it even exists. It's all dumb. This is stupid. This fucking film is dumb. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm sitting here with my hair tied like a fucking idiot. And I don't look as stupid as this goddamn film is. I literally tied my hair and then put it to the front like a unicorn horn. <laughs> kind of suits you. Sure. Looks good on you. <sighs> I mean, okay, is, there what? First, is there a first kiss in this film? There's a there's a wedding at least. I mean the the kiss that uh, Anna Kendrick plants on Zach Efron when they're about to do it on the table at the very very end. Is that the is that the first time they kiss? Yeah. Fuck. Then yeah, romance like, is such a fucking afterthought in this goddamn film. It really was. Yeah, so I guess that's the kiss, and I give it a D. I give it a D as well because Zach Efron gave it the D shortly after. Uh, uh, wait, why wouldn't you give it an A then? That was a joke in this movie. That was a joke in this movie. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. You gotta uh, have, let's, Let's what? make let's let's make lemonade. What do you got for it after ever after? Let's, let's build upon this shit show and paint uh, me a mental picture. What happens after ever after is the fact that when they go on their hot air balloon tour. Oh hell yes, let's go their honeymoon. Let's go. He once again he says he's afraid of heights. Right. So once they go up, he immediately freaks the fuck out. Yeah. It then becomes no, no fun. And so then Jeannie basically immediately all the fears that she had right before the nuptials are now completely and utterly figured out oh. by the time he's freaking out and probably oh. hyperventilating in a paper bag. By the end of that hot balloon trip, they are broken up. This The divorce happens within a month from the nuptials. <laughs> Jesus, it got so dark. Um, that and then Mike and Dave and Allison, they all live uh, happily ever after when they all learn how to grow the fuck up and stop being codependent. Um, yeah, love your, love is, your, love yourself first, guys. Come on, which is probably like a decade away. Sure, so, and, seemed like, and, it's, yeah. and it'll be with other people. So their their greatest uh, their their greatest accomplishments accomplishments are you know 
a decade away, probably. I don't know. I'm ha- like I'm now. I'm watching the Euros. Remember how I wanted to watch the Euros? There's already been a goal scored in the second minute. Jesus, seriously? England is up one nothing, and it's playing played in England. And you should have seen it. English fans are literally jumping up and down in the stands. Like <laughs> it was a beautiful goal too. It was actually a really good goal. Who are they uh, playing? They're playing Italy. Oh shit! And, I should uh, be watching this then. Yeah. What's it on? Uh, ESPN. Okay. Um, and then uh, the other thing is England has not. So this is the final of the European Cup. Um, they play this every four years, and it's you know basically two. So like every two years, there's a major competition. What in Europe? Either it's the World Cup or the Euro Cup. Right. And so they alternate the four years, like Winter Olympics and Summer Olympics. Um, And so England has not won a major title since their only title, which was, I think their only title, uh, which was when they uh, won the World Cup in 1966. Oh, jeez. Which was also played in England. And so uh, England has had a history of choking in major tournaments. And, and so uh, in 96, they hosted the European, the European cup, uh, you know, and basically they created a, a song for that European cup called it's coming home or coming home. Um, and the, the song is basically about how, all like the old people and like announcers for English soccer are already pessimistic about, you know, England's chances are slim to none because all they do is lose and everything else. And so they wrote this song about how, well, I remember back in 66 and like, you know, and then the chorus is basically like, it's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Football's coming home. And, so, so that, now they now they think they're gonna fucking win. Come on, it's Italy. So no, no, that's the thing. So English fan that song became so big that English fans like became they went from these pessimistic like there's no way we'll ever win again fans to fans that would sing in like almost in defiance. They sing, it's coming home, it's coming home. Right, it's right. Coming. Like as if the title's coming home and coming back to Britain. And like they sing, they've been singing that for now th- almost three decades, or like 25 years basically. And so at, people like to use that as like a punchline. Like, you know, is football coming home today? Like sort of thing. <laughs> And all this other sort of nice. stuff. So, nice. Um, yeah. So it's just like right now. I'm sure if I turned on the you know the volume of this game, they'd all be singing. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. Probably. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. See, um, this game is already more exciting than the movie was. Yeah, well, this has become a, a sports podcast because this movie sucks. 
We should have put a disclaimer at the beginning in our open, our cold open. Just don't listen to this episode. Just <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, right now the sound sucks for me, so there's still a chance that the sound could be bad for this episode as well. But we're gonna release it regardless. So, um, well, shit. <laughs> you know. Anyway, uh, let's just get to the verdict because we pretty much have covered everything. And we, else. I think we did. Yeah, there's not much uh, to cover. Yeah, I kill this film. Yeah, I would too. I'd kill it. Kill it hard. All right. So welcome to our shit list. Mike <laughs> and Dave need wedding dates. Congratulations to you. I do also, feel proud of myself for being able to groan out of that sense of humor too. <laughs> like yeah. I'm, I'm proud that I can look back and go, Jesus, none of that is funny anymore. See, that's the thing. Like I... I feel like I never was like fully into that sense of humor. I wasn't like, all either. The, all the movies that had gross out gags that I did like usually had those misdirected. Right. It was know, usually like out of nowhere lines. kind of thing. The, the misdirected punchlines. And also they, they had what you would call heart. Like they actually spent time yeah. on the storyline outside of the jokes. Um, you know, yeah, like, exactly. Like super, like super bad. It felt it is. I don't know why someone's honking outside. Yeah, what the hell's happening out there? Who knows? That's Even they're telling us to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. This is a short one for everyone, so you can, you know, pro, you know, progress to watching the home run derby because this is coming out on you know, the home run derby day. So. Yeah. Shohei Otani's gonna hit it literally out of the stadium. I can't wait. I'm I really I, I I've I have not watched the home run derby in years and I wanna watch this one. Yeah, and I'm just sad Vladito isn't in it, but it's okay. Why isn't he in it? He decided not to not to. He just opted out? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean it's okay. It's all right. We got a Tani at least. That'll be interesting to see. God. Especially at Coors yeah. Field. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. He, I mean, the only the only reason he won't hit it out of the stadium is because they have three decks in right field. Yeah. And he's left-handed. So, but I legit expect to see one on the very, very top deck. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I can't wait. Or maybe Imagine out into, I, like, straightaway center field, the stands that are in center field. Yeah, imagine being in Colorado for it and like backed up and just like just grabbing like an edible. Oh, and, like, yeah. Just doing an edible and then sitting in the stands and watching dinger after dinger. That would be so fucking fun. Yeah. That'd be Man, so Ridley fucking Field fun. needs a goddamn All Star game soon. Anyway. Yeah. Or even guaranteed rate field. You want to go back down to south side? I'll, I'll fucking go. Like whatever. Yeah, that would be fucking dope. That would be so much fun. Oh my god, I would. I actually, yeah, guaranteed Rayfield would be fun to watch it in. Yeah. With that concourse out there and those big ass margaritas. Oh my gosh, yeah, but it would also be completely packed and crowded for a home run derby. Oh yeah. And remember how horrible it was to be there for. That's true. A, a game against Cleveland. So, anyway. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, nonetheless, um, let's see. Our socials uh, at Romancing the Stone Podcast on Instagram, 
Uh, also, our Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod, and I actually live tweeted this movie a little bit. So have fun reading those tweets. <laughs> uh, and then my uh, Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super, so S E P R Market Sweep. Uh, and then uh, on Instagram at Relusa88. That's R E L U S A eight eight. And then Max. On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted with a period. That's T H E period L Y O N H E A R T E D. And on Twitter, you can find me at the Lionhearted with an underscore instead of a period. Ballerific. Man, I'm watching this on YouTube TV and I'm seeing your. Like, and then I'm seeing. Oh, my feed? TV. Yeah, because you have cable. Mm. I'm legit a minute behind. Really? A minute behind, yes. Like, they haven't even kicked the corner that they kicked on your screen literally like a minute ago. Jeez. They're just about to kick that corner. So, cool. Anyway, uh, it's my choice next week. Yeah, what are we um, doing? And I remember that this is uh, wedding season. Um, uh, so... I had an idea for one, but then I uh, then this one happened, and now I just want to make sure. <laughs> what are you doing? A, are you doing a revenge movie? <laughs> no, I just want to make sure it's a good one, and so <laughs> or like because the one I wanted to choose. I remember you saying something about how bad it was. And so now I'm a little worried about it. Oh. Uh, well, what are the, what, which one are you worried about? Uh, what, what is it? It's a uh, maid of honor. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I just came, you know, I just saw one on as I started searching and I feel like I remember when I was really young that my family liked this film a lot. Um, and I remember like hearing good things and like people liked it okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna choose it uh we're gonna go with father of the bride mm. it's a technically a comedy film but i mean you can you can you can call it rom-com it's a chick flickish film oh uh, steve martin huh diane keaton martin short uh kimberly williams I remember Kimberly Williams is one of the first actresses I had a crush on because this came out in 91 and I thought Kimberly Williams was attractive. Um, she's pretty cute. And yeah. And now she's married to uh, Brad Paisley, country artist. And they've been married. Oh, no shit. Before. They've been married since tw- 2003. So, um, And her sister is Ashley Williams. Do you know who Ashley Williams is? Ashley Williams. No shit. You mean Cupcake Girl? 
You mean Victoria in How I Met Your Mother? Oh, you got your right idea. So, yeah, anyway. Oh, my God. I love six, her. Six degrees of separation for you. But anyway, uh, next week we'll watch Father of the Bride. I'm calling an audible. Maid of Honor, maybe next time. Um, yeah, let's check this one out. This one we don't have any expectations for. I like it. Yeah, we don't have any expectations. Um, although, based on the Rotten Tomato score, which you'll guess next week, and I won't tell you and you won't look up, um, <laughs> I have higher hopes than I've had. So Okay, okay. All right. Until then, to the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all. We thank you for sticking with us. On this yeah, one. Jesus. And we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.